Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Have you heard Spike's Car Radio? It's comedian, actor, writer Spike Ferriston sitting on the porch in Malibu talking with some cool people about cool cars and life in general. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. He was all right. Don't try to hug him. Chris Hardwick. I could feel everything on the road. I mean, it was right. basically like, it was like unprotected sex for driving. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. I, you know what? I think years. you and Jerry are spiritually tied to cars, <laughs> and I respect it and I love it, but I don't quite get it yet, but I want to get it. Download new episodes of Spike's Car Radio every Wednesday on the Podcast One app, or save time and subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com. Get it on, got to get it on, no choice but get on, mandate, get it on, thanks for tuning in, thanks for telling a friend. We love what you do for us over here at CarCast, and we bring it to you, man. We got a lot of good stuff coming up, and we just got back from a lot of good stuff. Matt and I just got off a private jet with Mr. Jay Leno. Yeah. That was nice. Thank you, Jay. Oh, Max Pat, in terms of not having that extra seat for you, <laughs> we found out what the extra seat is for. Oh, okay. For yeah. Jay's feet. Jay's feet. <laughs> Jay sits in the one seat. He takes a big leather satchel, and he sets it on the seat in front of him, and then he puts his feet on that seat. And and there were snacks. Yeah. There they, they, that still seems like it has precedence over me. Yeah. That, that makes sense. But. So, but next time, maybe we throw out the option. be like, Chris will massage your feet on the way home. Well, yeah. speaking of feet, just being the fetal position in the back of the plane, like he can sit on the commode, right? Yeah, that's right. There was an extra yeah. seat in the bathroom. I like Jay. They was old school the whole time there. We, we I just want to jump in. We went to Sonoma. We did a Jay Leno's garage bit with a Newman car. We won't get in all the details, but I shared a little bit with that, I think, with you guys in the past. Whatever. But flying back from Sonoma, there's enough. He flies privately. And there's enough for, oh, there is Jay. Sweet. <laughs> there's a picture of us. Yeah. There's a flying back from Sonoma on a private jet. First off, it's, it's, it's so Chris's good. Seat. It's so good. Chris's seat is in front of Jay. And Jay, so you can go to amcarola.com or you can go to uh, carcastshow.com and you can see this, this picture of uh, us on the plane. But um, we said, so... Here's here's the breakdown, just so we'll catch everyone up. Rob and Tom are in a dually, and they're towing a truck up the... Sorry, towing a race car up to Sonoma, which is, I believe, about 365, 70 miles, or something of that nature. Uh, it is about a... It, when you're towing something, it's about a six and a half, seven hour yeah. jaunt. Um, it's, a, it's a haul. It's a haul. Um, we flew up commercially... Landed in Oakland, had a friend Dave pick us up, drove out there, real nice, all that. But when we're done with Leno, of course, they said, like, hey, you're going to do this thing with Leno and Sonoma at the end of the day, out on the track, when the track's closed, blah, blah, blah. What's the transportation? And Jay's flying privately. And that means a plane that has five, six, seven, eight nine seats on it probably somewhere between five it, the, the smart money is between five and nine yeah somewhere probably won't be five probably won't be nine probably yeah. be somewhere in between those two and then we don't know what jay has he has a producer he has a director as a i don't know who he travels with it, but they said sometimes he meets up with a buddy and flies him back like he's just right. a friend or something so just, yeah. we say well here's who we got from our crew we got deandrea and we got max pata what can you do to get us back and they say we got two spots on the plane, which means Max Pata has to go for seven hours in the back of a dually towing a trailer yeah. back to L.A. And it's a tough ride because they're leaving at 6, 7 o'clock at night and they're just driving through the night. But there was an open chair, but that's for the satchel and Jay's <laughs> feet with his yeah. oil-resistant soles. And, and magazines and newspaper. I, I, like, I like that old school, Jay, which just... He yeah. had a piece of paper in his hand the whole time just reading. He was talking, being social, but yeah. just reading as well. Mm-hmm. So we had a fun <laughs> no, time. No iPad, by the way. No phone he was scrolling through. No, he had a, he had a computer thing at some point because yeah, he, he, showed you he, he had a tablet because yeah. he was showing me video. Uh, by the way, he, he is connected. He has his, I, his, his Apple Watch and his phone and his, and his tablet. But he, Right, right. Um, something's going off in here, Kalen. Uh, the... Uh, 
the uh, God, I'm 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 trying to think. Um, I think it was a was he showing us an Allison or is he showing us a Mer- Merlin? Merlin, right? I engine I, on a stand. I'll tell you one built. thing about Jay. Jay knows so much about goddamn cars. He doesn't give any credit to anyone else that knows anything about cars. He show, he pulls out a picture on a on a, like a smallish iPhone. Yeah, yeah and like he an goes, old school iPhone. And he goes, eh, look, look what we got. And it's a picture of a crazy exotic engine, twelve cylinder, whatever, yeah. with a propeller on att- a stand. On a stand that he attached built. to it. And he he shows it to me like outside in the glare's bad. Yeah. And I go, what is that? A Merlin? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I go, hey, how about it? Yeah, how about that? Not even an i5? Yeah, like a wink or something? Like nothing. I, yeah. I just picked out some obscure <laughs> engine from World War II and just yeah. eyeballed it from a bad angle on your four-inch screen. I and, noticed that. And I was um, waiting for something. How about a little love, Jay? Yeah. Come on now. So uh, you we, got nothing. We were, sh- <laughs> <laughs> we were shooting over there. I got my Newman car on the track, yeah. Not only did he say yes when you said Merlin... He said yes in a way that you were supposed to know that. You know, I, he's I, like, yes. I, I, I will take that as a sign of respect. I think so, too, because we did have a conversation about every other celebrity car guy that doesn't know shit about cars. Yes. And we, 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 we went we through a list. We won't mention we won't, names, Nick Cannon. Mention, but <laughs> Nick uh, <laughs> but uh, the car guys that just aren't car guys yeah. who claim to be car guys. Uh, <laughs> he didn't rank me. I got to be up there. So... Um, we did the bit, and I think it was like a. F- the thing about the flight on the private plane is it's like a, it's a you know fifty one minute flight. Yeah, but you don't want it to end because you're just having fun with Jay, and and also yeah, what they don't really what they don't tell you about the flight is oh yeah the flight time is the same as a Southwest flight it's a little faster you know it was like fifty something minutes what they don't tell you is from the time our SUV pulled into the airport 25 minutes from the track at the plane it it we just went through a gate he had a, from the a time, key card we stopped at the plane and just got out so the from the time the van p- stops at the plane like from the time uh-uh from the time the van breaks the hymen of the airport driveway to the time your wheels up yeah it is less than 10 minutes oh yeah it was, it was not uh, 15 or 14 minutes. It was no. eight minutes or six minutes. Like from the time you pull onto the airport property to the time you're in the air is less than 10 minutes. They're, they're there. They're waiting. They're ready to go. You just We took 15 steps from the van to the plane. And by the time we sat down, the plane was in the air. Actually, you, you got on the plane. You hopped in real quick to, 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 to take a leak. And by time you, you weren't even done, Chase, like where's Adam? We're taking off. I'm like, yeah. he's in there. We're going. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. And, and then when it. you from the time done. you land to the time you leave the airport is two and a half minutes. That's it. That's it. That's the whole point. It's the top and the bottom, not the whatever. But you know what Jay told me when we were driving laps around the track? Perhaps I've said too much. When we were driving around, Jay said to me. Uh, I said, how many how many gigs uh, a, a year do you do? About 200. I said, wow. He said, uh, but we're talking about him picking me up from Atlantic City and flying me back. And yeah, said, yeah. He basically said, look, and it makes sense. He said, it's all about sleeping in your own bed. It's like if you got to get up the next morning and meet everyone in the lobby and get to the airport and go through security, he said, it's, it's a huge pain in the ass. He said... I do three gigs a week. One of the gigs pays for all the flights, the private. So his approach to it, and he's smart, is he's basically saying, I can do this. If I can play Atlantic City on a Saturday night, and you don't get further out than Atlantic City. You just don't. I play there. You just There's no airport nearby. I have to drive to Philly, blah, blah. If I can play Atlantic City on a Saturday night and sleep in my own bed on a Saturday night, I will do this. But for every three gigs, one of them is going to be devoted simply to getting me there and back from yeah. the three, all three gigs. Still getting paid a lot. Never deal with an airport. Never deal with the crowd. Never deal with the people. Never yeah. deal with the scene. And it's actually kind of a good, like, would you guys do, you make, you know, he makes a ton of money, but one 
big chunk of that goes to you getting to this and sleeping in your own bed every night. Yeah. Kind of an interesting point. All right. That's what that does like for your mood. Oh, my God. It's the, uh, uh, when we do Atlantic City, Mike August, I'll see in the lobby at 5 a.m. And then we drive to Philly, and then we take a Southwest, whatever. It's like I just I, I'm, I'm telling you, like obviously Jay doesn't own the plane. It's all whatever NetJet cards or whatever. It's part of the venue does it, but the convenience of doing it. We spent more time yesterday morning meeting here at the shop, driving to Burbank, doing a couple U-turns, Nick, and getting to Burbank Airport, and then sitting in the Burbank Airport. We spent more time doing that than the, than it took for the flight to get to. Yeah, and then it was a forty minute ride yeah, from Adam the airport to the track. The descent. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. Right all the way down, they just handed you your water or whatever. You're like, what? What? What's going I on? I think it was the last human being to be served, and the last human to receive crab cakes uh, when yeah, we were in DC. I noticed that. <laughs> it's not a blessed life, is it? Uh, no, I don't envy you. All Everybody right, made up for it yesterday with cocktails and free crackers. So we. Uh, yeah, and Jay doesn't drink, so it always sucks flying with Jay, yeah. so you have to be the one that kind of, huh, what do we got? Oh, hey, little yeah. bottles of booze, yeah, what do they still put them in a little bottle? you got to think ahead on the bring-your-own-beer-on-a-Jay flight, a cooler six-pack. i got to tell you, I didn't appreciate the uh, judgmental tone that the pilot, the pilot gave me. I said, yeah. uh, where's the beer? And he's like, we don't have beer on yeah. this flight, sir. We like, don't have beer on this I'm flight. I'm not flying the plane, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we went to Sonoma. And uh, we took, uh, by the way, Bruce Meyer and Terry Cargis uh, are coming in in a second. Uh, Terry, you know, they've both been on the show, but Terry, you know, is the director at the Peterson Automotive Museum. I want to get by, by there and see this new event celebrating 70 years of Ferrari, man, seeing red. I, yeah. This is my Needless kind of Needless to say, it's all yeah. red. We went there when it opened. It was the silver room. And right. now they have a red room. Let's uh, take a uh, – so we got – the Lamont 935 there. Bruce Meyer owns the one that came in first place. I own the one that came in second place overall, but first in its class. I think it's like the size of the fuel tank that separated the two. It's an interesting thing. We can ask Bruce about also, it. So there was the cheats. We heard the cheats. The we cheats. heard about some cheating going on the as cheating. well. Not on the Newman car, on the other car. Right. But let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, so for the first time that car's been taken out in earnest, yeah. I guess, and driven a little bit seriously. Sonoma is very technical. I'm not making excuses. I don't like that track. It's just it's too many hills you can't see over. It's so technical, and it's you know people go well. So what? That's just like more of a challenge, and it's like well, going to sake us enough challenge. You, I don't need just, to. I don't, don't need to up it. You don't go out and do enough races per year to make Sonoma fun. If you did Sonoma three times a year, you'd, you'd start to like it. But for right now, Laguna Seca is such a beautiful track, and it's a track that you enjoy. So it's someone like, hey, if I'm going to race twice or three times a year, you want to go there. And Sonoma you know? has for this kind of racing a fair a fair amount of concrete yes, around it. It does. There's a lot of concrete yeah, around yeah, yeah. it, and it's like. Laguna Seca is a little more like, hey, if you miss something, just go off into the gravel. Yeah. You know, this is, there's some concrete to avoid. Yeah. So it, there's this element of, I don't want to push that hard yeah. around around there. Uh, Bruce is eyeballing us through the glass now. We'll bring, <laughs> we'll bring you in. We'll bring Bruce and Terry in in uh, just one moment. Well, maybe we so, should just. But, but we got yeah, the sorry. Porsche 935, right? We got it. You got it last August. Uh, Bruce Kenapa has been kind of going through it, making it safe, race prepping it, putting another seat in it so you guys can ride and, and do a little instruction kind of thing. Right. But we've missed that car. He's right. had it for months. Right. And when we got there, it was so nice to see because it's so cool looking. And yeah. we kind of miss seeing it in person. And it this looks, is your first time driving it. It looks great. So uh, Max Pata just sort of whacked together a uh, one lap around Sonoma in the uh, 935, and then we'll talk to Bruce about his and the Whittington brothers and all that stuff. Uh, you got that, Chris? Yeah, so we'll put this up at carcastshow.com as well. But for now, listen to this thing. Yeah, we got a couple. 
doing a lead follow thing to learn the line. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm telling him, just drive at seven or eight tenths. He, he'd probably say three tenths, but he's probably driving at eight tenths, and then I'll just try to, I'll try to hang, hang with him. Thank you, Max Banner. Yeah, it's good. So you guys were <laughs> Bruce is pumped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how yeah. do you like the car though? It, like, it felt just, good. Felt yeah. like a felt like a regular car to me. But different than your 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 front engine two plus two car and your those cars are the tube frame cars feel like tube frame cars. They feel like, they a, feel like race a race car. cars. Yeah. Like they feel the steering is kind of go karty. The pedals are all you know tilting and they yeah. slid right in front of you and stuff like this. This feels like you're driving a hot rodded car with not no a interior car that started off as a bunch of tubes. Yeah, so it's, a, it's kind of a different thing. Is is the front light? Yeah, the front the front the front's light. Like wants to push. That's why there's a lot of sort of sawing away yeah. at, the, at the wheel with no effect. Should we? It looked good. It sounded good. Yeah, it sounded good. All right, good, let's, good timing. Right. Let me tell you guys about Garage Boss, and we'll bring in Terry and uh, Bruce Meyer. As and we just got off the road from Detroit. I'm almost a little. I woke up this morning, wasn't sure what day it was from yeah. all the weird weekend and travel and everything else I've been doing. Garage Boss, man. Ah, the uh, new Reacher height adjustable drain pan gets uh. right under your drain plug to prevent misses or splashes. Works with uh, low profile cars, or cars on uh, ramps, jacks, trucks on the ground or on the ramps or on the jacks, drains into sealed container. All you clean up is the catch funnel. The pieces snap back into the drain container, and it works just that easily. Garage Boss has a whole line of stuff, and we use a lot of it. Plus, they have a new line of crystal clear funnels. I like that. I don't like the I weird like foggy yeah. ones. Look, look like um, like an old top from a from a. Remember when Porsche had? I don't know. Was it on a nine eleven? Had that weird fold back top on the like the weird Targa thing that had the fold back, and then yeah. the back window would always go weird and foggy and yeah. all screwed. I don't like that. So exclusively at AutoZone or AutoZone dot com. Check out the uh, video at AutoZone dot com, and you can uh, check out Garage Boss. That's uh, or you can go to uh, GoGarageBoss.com. GoGarageBoss.com. Bruce Meyer, Terry Cargus, good to see you guys. Hi, guys. How are you? Terrific. I have seen more Bruce Meyer than I've seen my own children in the last four and a half days. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> He's omnipresent. He's uh, Bruce Meyer. And uh, the so so let's let's focus on you, and then we'll get to nine thirty fives and all sorts of all sorts of fun with that. Uh, the Peterson, which is. Just unbelievable after the renovation has a new exhibit, Seeing Red, and it's located in the Bruce Meyer Family Gallery. Uh, how <laughs> coincidental. And so it's celebrating 70 years of Ferrari. So what? give us the top five Ferraris that are there, guys. In that exhibit. And then uh, 
Tell me four and a half of them are yours, Bruce. Well, you don't have many red. Well, you don't have a lot of red. I have no red Ferraris. Interesting. Oh, I, have, I have two silver ones and a yellow one. Right. Yeah. So you're in the silver collection exhibit that they did. Precious metal. Precious right. metal. Right. We that just was, called it the silver room. Yeah. Right. That's that what we was called it. pretty special, I think. Yeah. That was great, cool. Great color. Yeah. Terry, what, what is in that? Give us your personal top three or five Ferraris in that, in that room. There's a Nicky Lauda F1 car, a oh, 312 like, T, T2. 79, 80, something like my, that? My hero cars of so all time. Yeah. That'd be like right. 79, 80 in it's, there? Uh, uh, the same car that uh, Gilles Villeneuve drove. Yeah. But it's to me, that's one of the most special. I love that car, too. Yeah. I think there's one of those going up this year at Pebble Beach, not the Nicky Lauda one per se. Jody Schechter. Schechter, yeah. yeah. So that one's coming up. Ooh, that's yeah. a cool car. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's gorgeous. I mean, I love those cars. And, it, of course, the Schumacher, there's an F1 Schumacher car. Uh, but the the uh, Chip Connor GTO has to be the, oh, the, the prize. Oh, yeah. And that's something. Chip Connor. The other thing I want to point out is that Bruce was personally, he not only came up with the idea for the seeing red, but personally contacted all the owners. And convince them to send these. That's Bruce's favorite activity Bruce's is contacting other people yeah. and telling them to yeah. do yeah. stuff. Bring your car over here. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Sitting? Yeah. What? <laughs> Why are you sitting? It's four in the morning, Bruce. I need you in your car. <laughs> Who's going to say no? Nobody yeah. says Nobody no. Nobody ever says no. Oh, God, Adam. That is so funny. Because <laughs> we just came back from Detroit. Yeah. I don't know if you talked about that at all. No, but we're going to get into it. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're our hero. But there, there, there's the. <laughs> I, I think it's so. For all intents and purposes, the very first ever badged Ferrari, the first uh, Le Mans winning Ferrari, another uh, uh, that is it the um, from the Indy Museum. Um, that yeah, the LM two hundred and fifty LM. So oh, we love the the two hundred and fifty LM. Such a beautiful like at the first. Rear is that the first rear end or mid engine grand Ferrari? touring, you know, kind of a yeah. you know, yeah. like a beautiful car, car. car. It's a beautiful so car. So it's interesting because Terry's attracted to the Formula One cars. Terry and his brother, I, I Terry and we've been family friends forever, and these guys go, you know, really follow the F1, are real racing fans. And, and um, you know, kind of – I'm more like um, Grand Touring mm-hmm. and Le Mans-centric. Right. But it's interesting because I was interested in seeing where Terry went. He went with the F1, <clears throat> which, is, which is fun because that's his – I mean, he can – he knows the history so well. And, you know, he's our executive director at the Peterson, so he knows his way around the racing world. F1 has become too computer designed for me in the modern version, but that sweet spot of 1975 to like 1980, mm-hmm. and yeah. especially that Ferrari that you're speaking of, that is right, that is right there. There's a video of Gilles Villeneuve and Rene Arnoux in South Africa that is one of the most exciting all-time F1 shots, bouncing off of each other lap after lap. It's just sensational in that car. I mean, it's a, that's when racing, when men were men, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I just had this, uh, it's funny, so I'm Excited. Now, is the exhibit is up and running now? Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, and how late? Give us the hours of the museum. I'm asking 10 for personal reason. 10 to 6 p.m. 10 to 6 p.m. Uh, da- daily. Daily. Okay. Because, you know, it's weird. I was looking for an excuse to get to Laurie's and have some uh, prime rib. Yeah, okay. And the family loves it, yeah. and I love it, but I'm looking for an excuse to make the drive. Oh, so like I've all pie family steak. I've if. now combined the go to the museum, yeah. go to the Peterson, yeah. take a few hours, walk around that, then when they close up at 6, head down to head down the lobby. Okay, but also keep in mind that the Peterson just opened their restaurant, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Drago, the first time the four Drago brothers in town have ever gotten together for a single uh, store, single restaurant. Oh, it, yeah, really? It's a, it's a world-class Italian restaurant. Ooh. Yeah. I, I was in there. But I is, had some prosciutto, and it was fantastic. Is that, <laughs> but that, that's open past 6? No. Right now, it's, it's not. We close at 6, but uh, in about uh, six months, they'll start opening for dinners. That's awesome. Yeah, because it's a perfect location. It's uh, Great Fairfax parking. and Wilshire. It's per- perfect. And the museum can close, and you can keep serving dinner. It's yep. be like a beautiful restaurant. You know, by the way, the Peterson is the best location to do events. And I know it's available for events. And the events that you guys do now will all be catered by that restaurant. So Correct. you can get the best food and the cool location. You can stare at Ferraris. And, and they have the rooftop deck that we we went up there when they first when they finished building it. Yeah. Like, it's a... It's a badass place. Like, go and check it out, but if you're going to do an event, go do an event there. Matt, 
Bring him with us. Well, yeah. <laughs> I love it. You couldn't say it better. So Thank we got, uh, so there's a bunch of stuff. So we went to Detroit and we did some stuff. I want to the tell you my theater. favorite cars yes. in, the, in the Sing Ring. Please. So what I think, we have, we have assembled um, the first Le Mans winner. We, we have, we have um, three Le Mans winners there. We have the, the first Le Mans winner, which is that number 22 Barquetta. Right, Bob Lee's car from uh, Reno. And they have that. Luigi Canetti drove that. Right, right? twenty-three of the twenty-four. Featured in the twenty-four hour war, I believe. Well, maybe Uh this was nineteen forty-seven. But but when we talked about the history of Ferrari in that movie, after the war, he built a car. He went to he went to Le Mans. Canetti drove it, and and they won. Right. No, I mean it's all part of the war, the history of the war, for sure. But we also have the 60, 65 winner, which was the LM, and that was right during war, the war period, you know, the Ferrari right. Ford Wars. That, that, that's the LM right. that won, and that's owned by the Indy Speedway Museum, Ellen Byerly. That's the 250. That, the 250 LM. Right. Yeah. And then we have Chip Connors' car, which is the GTO, which is arguably the finest GTO in the world. That, that also was a class winner at Le Mans. And then we have Charlie Nierberg's Testarossa and Rob Walton's, you know, California Spider. We have some fabulous cars, very That's iconic cars. the best cars. of the best. It's yeah. Chip, very nice gentleman. I always try to remember who I was talking to, but I think Chip's the gentleman I ran into at the winter speed days at Laguna Seca. And I think he had his Cobra and maybe, maybe... Um, I'm trying to think, maybe that GTO, and he was like, "Yeah, come on in the the trailer, the transport with the mahogany in the front part with some air conditioning." <laughs> and he's a tall guy, nice guy, friendly guy. He must have an incredible collection. Insane. You know, he's probably my best pal. So we're we've been dealing with his company since 1961. So I, I dealt with his dad, and his dad's well. You got to meet my son Chip, and that's how I met Chip like 35 years ago, and. He has an incredible collection. Very private guy and uh, good stuff. Is and he, good to us. Is he? Yeah. Is he out? Um, and we were. We're. I'm trying to figure out now who. Um, who I was talking to. And I, you I know think why I spoke to Chip too. I think he and I exchanged some emails. We were talking about a couple cars. Does he? Does he want to do some vintage racing or get into a, some five tens or do something oh, like no, that? Oh no, he. Ha- oh no, he is always at the vintage races. He has a a boss. You know, one of the uh, Bud Moore Mustangs. Yeah. He races at. He has a nine thirty five, the Momo car. The oh, red Momo car. love that car. Oh, you'll be yeah, you'll yeah. be going wheel to wheel with him. And he is had, he going to be driving it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't. No, he drives I, it. I, I, I didn't <clears throat> see him out. I mean, I have seen him out there. He's but. really a very good driver. He he raced in the Porsche Cup in in um, in Asia. Yeah, there's the Momo yeah. car. That's great. By the way, when it, rubbing is not racing, when you're when you're when you're <laughs> out there the Momo not with the Momo car, Catapult's car, your car. I had is that Momo nine thirty five a tube frame or did it start? Is no, it? Uh, it's, it's a, a Yoast car. Uh, it, it's so it started has a tub. In other it has words. a tub. The um, that the, was that was such a great era in in IMSA. Jean Piero used to make pasta for. He'd choose a team each weekend, each race, yeah. to cook pasta for. Well, and we're expecting pasta guy. at the track this year. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> yeah. Uh, oh God bless uh, the passing of uh, Edelbrock. Because uh, remember when he used to fire up the oh, is his margarita machine or whatever is. His blender. He'd, like, he'd say, we fire it up at 5 p.m. I'd say, all right. And then one day, I think I showed up yeah. to the trailer, and I was like, where are the margaritas? And he's like, it's not 5 yet. And I was like, it's it's 4 57. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but it's not five. With, but with like a point. Like he pointed at you and it was so gross. He's like, it's not five yet. And I'm like, well, like yeah. Five oh one. he was two drinks in. We're done racing, so where's the margarita? we got to wait another wait. two minutes gotta, and 37 yep. seconds. Yep. Vic, Vic was a really close friend for, for a very long oh, time. Oh, there he is with his we're margarita bar at the, at the track. Oh. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I he, guarantee we, that picture wasn't taken before five. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That was the fun. We called the fun team. Yeah, and red was his color, and he had a beautiful yacht and his airplane. We were on his and, yacht. Yeah, yeah, v- v- you know, for Victoria. cocktails. Yeah, after five. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 he liked his cocktails. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and um, you know, uh, I just spoke with his daughters because um, there was a rumor out that they were selling their cars, and it's not true, and they're keeping the cars, but. Um, Vic was such an enthusiast, and he drove right up until the last 
you know, breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they called him Vic Edel Block because you could not get around that guy. <laughs> and he, and they, were, they were kidding with his daughters. You know, he taught them well, too. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they all raced. Cammy and, and Christy. Christy, that's right. They're yeah. nice. We see them at the track. So, uh, Terry, how many cars, how many of those precious Ferraris are in this particular exhibit? Nine, nine cars in the exhibit, and then there are two down on the, on the showroom floor. Uh, it depends on... When you come into the museum, because we'll have uh, several cars in the in the vault for the vault tour. Yeah, uh, the Barquetta, the famous uh, Edsel Ford uh, Barquetta, is is in the museum now. I don't know. You've seen that. You're familiar with that car, the black one, white oh. walls. Oh no! Tell me about it. The fa- the Ford family bought it for Edsel, uh, for uh, Henry the Deuce, and uh, from Enzo. Uh-huh. It was shipped to uh, Detroit. And it had a white interior, and uh, Harvey Firestone is a close friend of the Ford family. And he said, no, 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 that car has to have white walls, and, and had a set made and shipped them up for the I've car. never seen that car. Yeah. Well, Chris will find, find a picture yeah. of that. Uh, so we got Detroit to talk about. Yeah. We went out there. We had, a, we had a great time. We ended up going to see uh, Roush's facility. We broke off early because we, wanted, we had to catch a flight, and we wanted to run by the museum. And look at a car that I'm interested in. Oh, there it is. We're looking at it. It looks amazing. Yep. Such a period piece. Uh, Last Barquetta made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's down in the, the vault, as they say. We'll, we'll throw pictures up on carcastshow.com, and then you can go to the museum and see it in real life. We went to Ken Lingenfelder's place. Did you have place. fun, in, you have oh, fun yeah. in Detroit? That worked for you? Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. good. Uh, so we, my, my first time there ever. In Detroit, yeah, and and I was like, everybody should go here. The weather's so nice. The cars, every <laughs> yeah. single building is owned by Ford or Roush. Yeah, but although we were kind of just wherever you told us to go, Bruce. So I felt like everything was really nice and green, and everything was owned by Ford and Roush. Well, the Roush, <laughs> the Roush part of our tour was Terry. Terry has a long relationship and worked for years for Roush. A, a long time, fifteen to seventeen years. Yeah, uh, they, there are thirty-three buildings. Out there, there, they have three buildings with uh, thirty dinos apiece in them. Wow! Yeah. Largest uh, uh, advanced powertrain company in a country, and now maybe in the world, other than some of the factory stuff. Unbelievable! We also got a chance to talk to Bruce Kenapa for a little bit about your uh, nine thirty-five. So I, I'm just dying <laughs> to hear how it went because you went, you were there just this weekend, right? Yeah, you yeah. were driving Yesterday. the nine thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. I was, looking as we at, I was looking at the video of that lap. I mean, you look great. Well, thanks. I got and your shifts were smooth and quick. I loved it. I never have driven a a Porsche. I've not. I don't think I've driven any Porsches. Yeah, I'm glad you're pronouncing good, right? it right. Yeah, thank you. We're, well, yeah. to be to be fair, I I I my brother in law is German, and I said to him once, "What is it, Porsche?" He he likes Porsches, and I said, "Porsche or Porsche?" And he said, "When I'm in Germany, it's Porsche. When I'm here, it's Porsche." And I was like, yeah. "All right, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that." Yeah. Bruce Bruce and I were touring Dr. Wolfgang Porsche, and that that will lead to another another part of the story. But um, we asked him, and he said, "Porsche." All right, then yeah. I'll go yeah. with Porsche. Screw you, Christoph. <laughs> so uh, I I had never driven the car. I don't think I've driven a Porsche before. I just never had any. And um, I was told a lot of stories about the rear end and what was going to happen. So the the process for me to get there and to try to get up to speed in a car I'd never driven before. And also, I couldn't believe how far the pedals were to the right. I did. I did, I was like, I got in the car and it's like, what are the pedals doing so yeah. far to the right? Because yeah, mine's so, broken. So used to these <laughs> can we, can we fix this? race cars where they just move everything where you kind of want it, and then. Bruce Kennebaugh's like, this is a car. It's a real car. This is how they, this is how they did it. And I was like, but they got this weird uh, saddle that goes over the top of the clutch cable that goes down the middle of the thing. So all your notions about where you put your, and I'm like, yeah. well, where's the dead foot? Where do I put my left foot? And he's like, yeah, put it right here where the body bends. And I was like, yeah, but where's the thing? Yeah. It's like, it's, there's no <laughs> the thing. Dead pedal. There's no like dead. There's pedal. just a place where you can kind of put your other yeah. foot. So I was like, ah, okay. So. I got in the car with uh, Ken. Uh, oh, I'm going to get his last name in uh, in a second. A professional driver. Yeah. Bruce's one of Bruce's uh, lieutenants. I'll I'll figure it out in a second. But anyway, nice guy. So I said, well, I don't. I'll just sit in the passenger seat. And you so just, you have two seats in that car. Bruce yeah. put another seat in that car for this purpose. And I said, 
you get in the car, I'll get in the car, and you just drive me for a few laps. And uh, he drove me for a few laps. He was probably driving eight-tenths or something. And I sort of like, okay, I can feel it. I got a little bit. And then we got into the car, and I, he said, well, now we'll switch places, and you drive. And I said, just show me, just give me the hand thing, up, down, you know, slow down, or turn in, or turn out, or yeah. whatever. Grab the yeah. wheel. Like, I don't care. Just We'll just go try Or this. cover your eyes and scream, <laughs> yeah. whatever whatever you feel comfortable doing. Just some sort of hand gesture. I did see... You can't hear. <laughs> he's t- he, he was an instructor there yeah. at, at Sonoma with the Audi experience or something. It's probably done 200,000 laps. But two times I did see his right foot do the imaginary break <laughs> on the floorboard. Yeah. Like that's, it's a feather in your cap when you can make the driving it makes instructor. Makes you giggle a little foot, bit, right? You got a smile. Trying for a to break. And I guess that's a sign too. So his, his left hand was going down, but his right foot was going break. Grab it for the dash. <laughs> so, uh, so we did. I think we did about five, eight laps that way, and then he just went. Yeah. Well, let's go out, try it yourself. And what we did is we just put Kenapa out in front in a 935, which is nice because if a guy's driving a Formula Atlantic and he says, just follow me, we don't know whether your car's going to stay on that line or not. But if you're driving now, Bruce's 935 has been breathed on a little bit, a little bit. It's sitting about two (laughs) inches lower than mine. It's got it's got a little more power. It's got a little more everything. But for the most part, if he's going seven or eight tenths, yeah. you can kind of follow follow him around. That's a big thing. Follow his line, see his breaking points, get a get a good idea of what should be happening. Because, like you said earlier, you don't get on that track much, so right. It's it's nice to follow him around, not too close, because his his car shoots fire out when he, when he <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it felt uh, it felt like just driving a car. You know, it felt like a yeah. normal car. And the the one the thing is, if you drive enough different race cars, nothing really jumps out. It's like you'll never get that good. But if you drive this whole variety of cars, nothing strikes you as, oh, my God, I didn't know what to expect. It's like you just never get used to one thing, and you'll sort of be okay at all of them. I don't think you'll be wired in, but you'll be okay. So did you – were you impressed with the acceleration and the handling and – Yeah, everything everything felt really good, but the last few cars I've been driving around have been the Newman Turbo, you know, Z cars with 600 – 50 horsepower and 14 inch wide slicks on the back and stuff. So I was used to the performance or the grip or the brakes, like all the stuff that, you know, I didn't climb out of my 510 and get in that car. I climbed <laughs> right, out of right. a car that had the same horsepower yeah. and had the same weight ratio. But it, but it was, it, the, the, what struck me is you were driving a car, not a pile of tubes that have right. been constructed, but an yeah. actual car. It's hard to explain, but you're saying it does feel, it feels different. Well, you, you look know? super comfortable. I mean, just, you know, just those in-car cameras and just watching you. Do look, you have a preference after that? I I would like, uh, it, well, so what happened with me is I immediately climbed out of this car, and I mean immediately, and then right into Newman's 2 Plus 2 1987 turbo car, for a thing that we're doing with uh, Leno's Garage. And uh, he says hi, by the way. Totally oh, great. Back from uh, Detroit. Great. And that just immediately felt like a totally different piece. Like yeah. the, the mm-hmm. way the pedals were, oh, the way the steering felt mechanical. felt It felt like a purely bespoke race car. Didn't yeah. feel like any hot, like you're out hot rodding dad's car around. It just felt like you just climbed to do an A so, race so car. So now yeah. it felt more like a race and less like a track day. Right, you know, like the track day cars, you kind of feel like, you know, like like you like go up to Ferrari Challenge, you know, like the guys they all roll up in their uh, in their FFs and then they park next to their four five eight race cars and then at Sonoma last time I was there, I did a couple laps, just did a ride along in some of those Ferrari Challenge cars, but there is a, a feels a little bit different in the what seems like the dedicated race car two frame car that you're talking about versus the cars that are sort of converted into yeah the, the, it's 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 a more car. mechanical feeling it just feel everything feels a little more rigid and it feels like what it should feel like it the difference between something that was uh metal that was a tub that had been reinforced yeah. and then cr- produced into a race car versus something with a bunch of geometry that's a you know a, yeah. a sand rail frame with a bunch of suspension bunch of stuff yeah, made yeah, by yeah. Tilton hanging off it you know that's what it what it felt like do you, 
do you race your 935 or you just drive it down Rodeo? <laughs> just down Rodeo. Because <laughs> I've seen that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually drive, I do drive it in the street. And, and I don't think there's a prettier 935 than Adam's car, that Hawaiian Tropic. I mean, that is so wow. significant and so famous. And, you know, that car battled uh, the car that we have in 79. And, and it, it, I'm just so happy you have that car, Adam. You're such a great custodian for yeah. that car. Yeah, we got to get the two cars out well, together that, for some photos or yeah, something. That would be like, a, we yeah, get one, the, two. You know, yeah, as soon as Kenneba gives it back. But I do I, – I, I'll take my yeah. – I bet I got to pay him first. Yeah, I got to pay him to do that. Get ready. You'll get, you'll get a FedEx <laughs> box with the bill. That's the way it works. No, the, I know. One, the first one arrived already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, but he does a great job. And, oh, and, yeah. And I do tr- – I'll do a track day with our car. Yeah. Ken, Ken Dobson was the guy I was trying to yeah. think of over there. He's nice. He's yeah, great. he's sweet. He's like, I'll shoot you an email. I was like, all right, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, we're going to lower the car a little bit and do a few other things yeah. to it. But, uh, yeah, I, I love I love your Whittington Brothers car. I think it's aesthetically amazing. I know Bruce did a remod. This is Bruce Kenepa did sort of remod. I'm in construction mode. To, rebuilt the car, and it's amazing. I love it. I love the K body style, the Kremer, and I just think it's amazing. When we're talking to um, Bruce, other Bruce, about rebuilding the car, he was telling some pretty cool stories. Like he said, into the sort of rocker panel on the right side. Are you talking about my car now? Yeah, your car. (laughs) Oh, God, there's so many stories with that car. You know, it was buried for 30 years in the Indy Speedway Museum basement, so it's very unmolested, never been crashed. And 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 we heard all these stories about how the Whittingtons ended up owning the car and, you know, the money that was paid and how it was paid and the cash payments. And, um, you know, we weren't sure. I mean, they were all so wild we couldn't believe it. And then I, I talked to Bill Whittington. I talked to Klaus Ludwig. Bruce talked to um, Kremer, you know, both Kremer brothers, and they all, every, all the stories jibed. I mean, that car is so colorful. But, you know, and with Porsches, they have, the, you know, the heat kind of panels run right on the side of the car, you know, right on uh, like, against. Like where sill plate Right, sill like, plate, mm-hmm. yeah. Exa- right. It's sill plate, that's the word. And, and we found this panel, you know, that opened up, and we didn't know what that panel was. So just in passing, <laughs> just in passing, Bruce asked, you know, Bill Whittington, do you remember, you know, why you had these removable panels? And he said, oh, yeah, we hid the nitrous in there. Yeah. And we had a little button, and we could push it, and they qualified on the pole everywhere. And, you know, that gives you another 100 horsepower right now. But he said the problem was we, we'd get so, you know, over-ambitious with that nitrous, we'd blow up the engines, you know. So they had, it, was, it was... But they fun. only really did it for, like, for a quality. Right. That was the that, idea, that was but, the then, but yeah. it was still there if you needed it. I, I thought they might have had something else in there that was uh, being... <laughs> oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Something of a powdery the, nature. The, the best story, though, is still the story of uh, when Canapa and Chip and the, and the caper they pulled on Bruce and, and, and uh, that car up at Laguna. That was the best. That was a, another winter speed days. And were, were you there? I was there. Okay. Yeah. We were there. I probably met Chip there. At that point, but we were there with a Newman turbo car, uh, same sister car to the one I drove yesterday. Yeah, the 88 car. And uh, we saw the whole thing where the DEA guys with the windbreakers and the flatbed and the federal marshals and everything were going. Because the Whittington brothers were notorious drug smugglers and probably everything else smugglers. And so uh, Bruce Canepa set up a, a sting operation. Well, it was Albert Arciero. Oh, sorry. And Albert, Albert, you know, the Arciero brothers, you know, they had the Lola, and, and they had great cars, Indy cars. Dan Gurney drove for them. So they were early, early on. They were there with, you know, all, all the real founders of road racing. So Albert, who's still very much a sports sportsman, read about uh, the Whittington brothers getting reindicted for laundering money, this time through a jet charter. And this was like in November before the, the January winter speed. Right. So they thought so, and they and they he sent me pictures, and it showed the DEA guys walking yeah. out of their out of their out of their offices with computers and files, and they they had this jet charter. In fact, 
Preston Hinn, who's a well-known collector who just passed away in Florida, he had his G650 in their hangar. They locked every they locked everything down. So it was a big deal, especially in the motoring world. So Albert is sending all this stuff to Bruce and me and everybody, and we're just like, God, those guys, it's amazing. They're, you know, yeah. just how could they do it again? And so, right, so then Canapa and our Albert start talking about why don't we do something? Bruce's birthday's coming up in December. We got a picture. Oh, look at yeah. that. <laughs> I'm wondering what you guys are looking at. <laughs> so that's it. And so, so um, they said Bruce's birthday's in December. Why don't we go and get these guys? Yeah, we'll get them a heart and, attack. Let's yeah, get them a heart attack. We'll go down to his garage <laughs> in, in Beverly Hills and we'll just tell him we're here to re, you know, re, repossess the car, you right. know, bring it in for government, blah, blah, blah. So then they started talking. Talking about it, and you know how when you start planning a caper, one guy thinks of something else and something sure. else, and they say, "Why would you do it in his garage? Let's just do it when he's out there with everybody at, at Laguna Seca, and um, you know, make a big deal out of it." Of course, yeah. I had no clue. And these guys, I mean, they hired a they hired a, a consultant, a, a a movie director. Uh, they hired they had a cast. I mean, they went they spent a shitload of money and. <laughs> They, of course, it's, it, you know when it, when when you start spending money. Oh, you don't look happy. Yeah, right? no, you I look sad. I actually I actually helped push it up on the truck, if you can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where these pictures are coming from. This is great. You guys are so good. <laughs> so, anyways, they 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 approached me, and I just come out, out off the track, and and. And I went over to see a friend of mine, Jeff Lewis, who also has a 935, just to you know, just to kind of uh, spread the exuberance. I mean, driving one of those cars is really a treat. Yeah. And so uh, all these guys, the Audi team was there, and they were all dressed in black. And they were. I looked over, and this guy came up to me, one of the pit guys, and said, "There's some guys that want to talk to you about your car." These guys, the DEA guys. And right. I look over, and I, they look like the Audi team. So I think, cool, you know, I'll go right. down and talk to them. Well, as I got closer, I went, holy shit, these guys had. Badges on. They had Glocks. They had handcuffs. The DEA jackets. You know, you just. I just wanted to throw up. I'm trying to think. Did I pay my taxes? I was trying to think. What did I? I mean, it's just like, like somebody just pulled the rug out from it. Yeah. You don't know what it is. And so they said, "Are you Mr. Meyer?" And yes, you own this car. And I said, "Well, yeah." And he said, uh, "Well, he said it's part of an ongoing drug investigation, and we we need to um, we need to take it, take confiscate it. the Conf- car, confiscate yeah. the car." <laughs> And I'm going, you're kidding me, right? And Danny Sullivan is about 10 feet away. And Danny is just, he's the greatest. Great. And so he's saying, it's a joke. It's a joke. He's telling his buddies it's a joke. Well, after a couple of minutes, it was clearly not a joke. I mean, these guys were dressed to... And you know, also, you know, the thing about this kind of thing is I'm just sort of breaking it down. Like, what, what would be going through my mind if somebody did this to my car? Which is, I might be thinking, like, there are things... There are times in life where you you get pulled over or a cop wants to know what you're doing standing in front of your own house because you forgot your keys or something. And your mind goes, I'm going to straighten this out pretty quick. Or, <laughs> but if they confiscate your car, yeah. you could be thinking, I still own this car. They can't own this car. But you could also be thinking... I'm probably not going to see this car for three years. Like, they're going to go, yeah, we shouldn't have confiscated it, but we have to keep it until after the trial, if you ever get it back at all. Like, all the yeah, stuff. Like, not, I'd be thinking... Not I'm, in a nice climate I'm, control yeah, I'm never. Room. I'm not right. going to see yeah. this car for uh, five years. Yeah. If, I, if I see it again, it's going to be a long time. So, right. that I don't know what was going... Was, were you sort of doing some math so, or some so legal it, math? It, it took me by such surprise. You know, I was just... You know, first of all, I thought it was a joke. And then I realized it's not a joke. And I said, do you have any idea about this car? Because these guys... The 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 the, the uh, consultant turned out to be ex special forces and an attorney. Mm-hmm. He had every answer for everything, uh-huh. and he said, "You know, he said we're th- not a problem." He said, "We have a facility in Modesto. You know, it's a IRS facility. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's where you send your taxes." <laughs> Beautiful. So, I mean, he had every answer, and he said it'll be well cared for. And I thought, "Are you kidding me?" You know, and then I started thinking, "Oh God," you know, and. Um, but, you know, friends of mine said you were so relaxed. Well, what do you do when six guys are there with Glocks and handcuffs? I mean, you're going to take them on? Paperwork and badges. and Please. You know. They printed business cards. They thought of everything. <laughs> this is what happens when, you spend, when your friends spend $15,000 uh, to pull a joke. Well, yeah. what people don't really <laughs> well, know more is... More like 50 grand. <laughs> you're usually... Everyone wants to know, like, why not a bigger reaction? Because you're so stunned. Yeah. You don't know what to do. And no. then also... 
the guy's got Glocks and windbreakers. Right. Like, what are you going to do? A, a cartwheel? Yeah. Kick one in the chin and then <laughs> wrestle the Glock away? The, the Bruce Lee take them all down? You, you know, you're holding them down. Take the car. Go. I got them. You know I'm what, holding them down. You know what would have been the ultimate, though? What the, the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate gag or goof would be the two-parter. Now, what we should have done next time is we get somebody on their side. The guys are pulling the prank. And we get one of them to defect over to your side, and he says, Bruce, they're going to play this goof on you. And then we get one of the actors to get a Glock and put blanks in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we pay him off to go rogue, right? Yeah. And then Bruce is in on it, and Bruce like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Do and at some point, he grabs <laughs> yeah. the guy's Glock and shoots him three times. We launch a couple of squibs <laughs> on your chest. Oh, and would be like, oh, my God, no, Gone no. very wrong. No. Oh, that would have been That would be hilarious. So the other thing, my son was worried I was going to have a heart attack, even though I wasn't like... But, I mean, it was pretty traumatic. I mean, just the whole thing. I mean, just being surrounded by these guys is just yeah. hard on your system. They call these first world problems, people. <laughs> yeah. And that's I'll right. tell you. It's worth $25,000 taken from you. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. How about, as long as we're talking about cars, how about you get yourself some Geico, man? You just go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. Get a little extra money. Save up. Save that 15%. Buy yourself a 935. Take it out to winter speed days, man. With the money you pull save. Pull a joke on a friend. At Geico. Play a very expensive prank on one of your friends. So, how do you save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance? Easy. Go to geico.com. And 15 minutes could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. All right. Go to chassis.com. C-H-A-S-S-Y.com. We have a bunch of new stuff on there. We have the Newman Doc, and we have the 24-Hour War. We got the Bug Movie. We got the new one, King of the Underdogs. We got lots of good stuff, and you can get swag and do all that if you want. Check out uh, Matt at uh, Shift and Steer. Subscribe to that podcast at Podcast One. Corolla Drinks for a little Mangria Summer. The exhibit, Seeing Red, I got to tell you, get the family and head over to the Peterson Museum. It is unbelievable. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm going to be there very soon. I really want to check this thing out. And um, Bruce, what do we got? Uh, So go to Peterson.org. Peterson.org. Find out all the information about exhibits. Exhibits are always changing and moving and evolving. Um, Bruce, do we have anything for you? Do you want to send anyone anywhere? Anything you want to? No, I just looking across the thing and seeing Adam, who has been such a great friend (laughs) of mine personally and of the hobby, and just uh, you've just been great for the museum and for everybody. You're so entertaining. We had such a great time in Detroit. I I agree. We're going to see you guys in Monterey. We'll see you in Monterey in a couple of weeks. So until next time, it's Adam Crow for Bruce Meyer, Terry Cargus, and Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.